This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. So, a new study purports to find that the world's population is getting sicker despite the longer lifespans and higher standards of living being experienced by most of the world's population. The New Global Review finds that 4% had no health problems. No health problems, but a third of the world's population, some 2.3 billion people, had more than five health problems the same year. Because people are living longer. Comorbidity rose substantially with the age and in absolute terms from 1990 to 2013. The Global Burden of Disease Study, and if who hasn't read that, uh, found that the proportion of healthy years lost to illness has climbed to 21%. In 1990 to 31% today. A whole 10%. A whole 10 points. The world's aging population also means that there will be more and more sick people around for others to care for. British health magazine, The Lancet, who doesn't get that every week, reported that the study released in June reviewed data from 188 countries and looked at more than 300 illnesses and injuries. The study went on to claim that muscular skeletal problems, arthritis, back, neck pain, mental health, substance abuse disorders accounted for almost half of all of the loss of healthy years. According to the study, one of every 10 people in the world suffered from at least one of the following disorders, tooth decay, tension headaches, iron deficiency, anemia, age-linked hearing loss, genital herpes, migraines, intestinal roundworm, and a genetic blood disorder called glucose-6-phosphate dehydrogenase. Glucose-6-phosphate dehydrogenase deficiency trait. And a startling rise in diabetes. Now, for those of you that, you know... I, I know I'm talk, probably talking down to you, but for those of you that don't know what glucose-6-phosphate dehydrogenase deficiency trait is, uh, it's the most common human enzyme defect being present in more than 400 million people worldwide. The global distribution of this disorder is remarkably similar to that of malaria, lending support to the so-called malaria protection hypothesis and i mean i don't need to tell you what the malaria protection hypothesis is i could read it's really funny the explanation for this at least it is to me uh the 
G6PD deficiency is an X-linked hereditary genetic defect due to mutations in the G6PD gene, which cause functional variants with many biochemical and clinical phenotypes. About 140 mutations have been described. Most are single-base changes leading to amino acid substitutions. The most frequent clinical manifestations of G6PD deficiency are neonatal jaundice and acute hemophilic anemia, which is usually triggered by an exogenous agent. Some G6PD variants cause chronic hemolysis... Chronic hemolysis, leading to congenial non-spherocytic hemolytic anemia. The most effective management of G6PD deficiency is to prevent hemolysis by avoiding oxidative stress. Screening programs for the disorder are undertaken depending on the prevalence of G6PD deficiency in the particular community. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I know you know that. Right? Belgian doctors are euthanizing patients without their consent. Wait, we're getting older and sicker? And now we have countries... Ah, we'll just get rid of them. Professor of Philosophy and Ethics at the United Kingdom's Hull University found that life-ending drugs were used with the intention to shorten life and without explicit request in almost 2% of all deaths in Belgium in 2013. In 52.7% of these cases, the patients were 80 years of age or older. The decision to euthanize was not discussed with the patient in almost 78% of the cases because he or she was comatose, had dementia, or because discussion would have been harmful to the patient's best interest. Discussion would have been harmful to the patient's best interest. Now, Belgium passed the Euthanasia Act which states that only voluntary euthanasia is legally permissible. So they put the foot in the door. According to the law, the patient must request euthanasia, and such a request must be voluntary, well-considered, and repeated, and not the result of any external pressure. (laughs) You know, you really should kill yourself. The patient must also be an adult or an emancipated minor, capable and conscious at the time of his or her request. Wow. In 2014, Belgium became the first nation in the world to eliminate age limits to euthanasia, allowing terminally ill children to end their lives. Now, The document, which applies to both children and adults, holds that suffering should be avoided at all times. Suffering should be avoided at all times, adding that the process of withdrawing treatment and increasing the doses of sedative opioids to fatal levels in patients in intensive care must not be interpreted as killing. Shortening the dying process by administering sedatives beyond what is needed for patient comfort cannot be only acceptable, but in many cases, desirable. So they made it legal for you to say it's okay, and now more doctors are doing it on their own. Why? Because discussion would have been harmful to the patient's best interest. In other news, a child born today may live to see humanity's end. Oh! <gasps> Humans will be extinct in 100 years because the planet will be uninhabitable. This, according to Australian microbiologist Frank Fenner, 
one of the leaders in the effort to eradicate smallpox in the 70s. He blames overcrowding, denuded resources, and climate change. I bet he does. Now, of course, they always throw in the offender's prediction is not a sure bet. But he is correct that there is no way emission reductions will be enough to save us from our trend toward doom. Lowering emissions and moving to cleaner energy is a necessary step to prevent catastrophic temperature rises. The general target is to keep global temperatures from rising more than 2 degrees Celsius. Like the five, you know, he just go, and then it ends with the meters rise in sea levels by 2100 could be two degrees. It's no wonder that the Pentagon calls climate change a serious threat multiplier and is considering its potential disruptive impact across all its planning. These guys are never right. Okay. Never right. Let's go back to 2008 prediction. ABC, NYC, underwater from climate change by June 2015. In in 2015, we've still failed to address the climate problem. We're going to see more floods, more droughts, more wildfires. Flames cover hundreds of square miles. We expect more intense hurricanes. Well, how warm is it going to get? How much will sea level rise? We don't really know where the end is. (gasps) No, we don't. Dangerous levels. Agricultural production is dropping because temperatures are rising. There's about one billion people who are malnourished. That number just continually grows. It's June 8th, 2015. One carton of milk is $12.99. Gas has reached over $9 a gallon. I'm scared right now, but I have to get this out. (laughs) Look around. Look around. Are you paying $9 a gallon? Not yet. $13 for a gallon of milk? Not yet. Everything underwater? Heat, fires, floods? Well, some of that may have started. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show, The Blaze Radio Network. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. You already gave me a hard time because I made a joke. Okay? All right. So, what'd you do last night? Stay home, put your feet up. Why? Why were you not at the Brad Meltzer book signing and talk in Lincoln Park, which is in Dallas, Texas, last night? Why weren't you there? I was. 
Brad was. Few hundred other people were. Why weren't you there? And don't say to yourself, I don't live in Dallas, Fort Worth, Metroplex. Yeah, well, there were people that came from hundreds, if not thousands of miles away for that. You should have been there. It was actually really good. And uh, Brad has got his new book, uh, The President's Shadow, that's just released. And it was really good to see him. He's a good guy. And he is really, you know, he's called like one of the greatest criminal minds of today. That's why I like him. Okay, because I believe that I am that person. So Brad can go ahead and have the title. Everybody can look at him, but I am the criminal mind of the of today. Okay, so Brad can keep yap yap yapping about his crack the code and the president's shadow, and you know, watch me on H two. And I've got decoded shows, and I've got little kid books, and I'm doing comic books. But I am the greatest criminal mind. Okay? Okay. Let's get that. So if you have a chance, go to bradmelzer.com. Pick up the new book on Amazon. Or, of course, go to Barnes & Noble. Pick up that book today. Actually, the Barnes & Noble, uh, you know, you think there's no bookstores anymore. But I was just in the last three weeks, I've been in two Barnes & Nobles. And both were great stores. And both were really nice. And this one in... uh, in Dallas at the Lincoln Park was beautiful. And they all, I mean, they put on a great show. It's got the upstairs for the speaker series. It's really nice. So if you have a chance to see Brad, he's on tour. Go to bradbelter.com and see where you can stop by and meet Brad. And tell him, keyword, Jeffy sent me. Try not to get kicked out. Okay. And I saw, you know, actually, at the one Barnes & Noble, now I'm thinking about Barnes & Noble, I saw the greatest way to steal books. You want to talk about a criminal mind? I'm going to give you a hint here. This is how you steal books at these stores. So if if you work at these stores, watch for this. Okay, because I saw this lady do this, and I thought, holy crap, that is a great idea. Okay? So she's got a bag, and she buys a book. Okay? And she's got a big purse. All right. So she goes through. She wanders around. And then she goes through the door. The alarm goes off. And she backs up like, what the heck? Why is this alarm going off? And she picks up. She, you know, kind of half the, you know, how you'd look at your bag that's on your shoulder. Like, there's nothing there. And you hold up the bag. And you kind of go through it again and the alarm goes off again you back up again and you go oh i don't know what the heck is going on and then and then she has a, a, her shirt okay and she goes oh <laughs> and on her shirt she has one of the tags that sets the alarms off right and she goes oh <laughs> i didn't come off my new shirt and she walks out and it goes off again and everybody at the store goes oh yeah okay she could have had eighty dollars worth of books in that bag of hers, in that carrying bag of hers. Nobody cared because they believed, oh, it's just going off because of because her, she forgot to take the thing off her shirt. I'm telling you, get one of those tags anytime you want a shoplift. That's the way to do it. Now, do you, now if they search, then you're in trouble. You got to pull it off like she did, and she pulled it off famously. Okay. So last night I'm on. I'm coming back from. Uh, the uh, Brad Meltzer event, 
and I drive by McDonald's and I didn't get a picture. I'm so mad at myself. I should have I should have had my uh, my wife turn around. Yeah, she drives me around. I don't drive, please. And uh, it's my way of pretending I actually have a driver. And uh, sometimes I even sit back just to you know go ahead, let's go. And uh, so we go by this McDonald's, and on the billboard sign out front is a sign they're advertising some new salad. And it says, it says new Greek Greek salad or new green salad is here. Come in, whatever. Some promotion of this big salad. And I wanted to take a picture of that. And I wanted to send it out on all my social media sites at Jeffy MRA, Jeffrey Fisher, Fisher Files, all of it. Instagram, Jeffy MRA, all of it. All the social media sites to say, uh, yeah, uh, no. How about, I don't know, buy one, get one free quarter pounders? How about free shake with every two Big Macs? Something. Some kind of deal that brings them in for the classic McDonald's food. And so then I come in this morning and I see a story. Talks about the McDonald's sales just keep falling. And now they're closing stores. They can't win back America's love, so it's closing restaurants instead. Well, they could win back America's love if they would be McDonald's and stop trying to be something they're not. I get the idea of wanting to have salads and some kind of some kind of light food that isn't the McDonald's burger and fries and a shake. I get that. But that shouldn't be your focus. That should be off to the side. So when the mom brings the kids in and she doesn't want to have the burger, she wants to have the salad, she can go, two Happy Meals, shake, instead of the soda, or how about, a you know, we're going to get an ice cream cone after, but I want the salad over there, please. Okay, thank you. And their whole plan of being this new green restaurant is agonizing. Stop it. They're closed about 700 underperforming restaurants worldwide this year. Wow. That's that's amazing. McDonald's. Now, I, you can say, well, maybe it's oversaturated and there's, you know, there's all kinds of stores out there. I mean, you've got, you know, Burger King, Chick-fil-A and Wendy's, those top and Taco Bell, Taco Bell. Uh, those four, right? McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, Taco Bell, those five are the tops, right? I would say those are probably the fast foods. And and um, they all are who they are. Now, Burger King is trying to, you know, be a little bit different with their new, I see they've got their new uh, Red Burger, and they're launching uh, alternative burgers that are different colors, black, red. <laughs> A couple of the colors look okay, and it might, you know, it's a cute little thing. The black doesn't look good at all. I don't think I could do the black. I I could do the black. But they're trying, you know, they're still, but they're still kind of Burger King. They're not trying to say, we've got better salads than McDonald's. No, they're not. Now, McDonald's. it just, you know, why do I care about a McDonald's? Because I'm looking into buying a franchise. No, I'm not. Good business, though. 
and I, trust me, I know that McDonald's is still making money, and there, there's there's franchises out there that are making huge money, and sales might be down. But I bet you a lot of them. I'm going to have to look at some of the charts in this story, but I bet you a lot of them are uh, projected earnings are down, which means they're still making a whole lot of money. I love the projected earnings. You know, we lost $18 billion this year. It says that you made $5 billion. I know, but we projected that we were going to make $23 billion. Oh, so you're saying that you lost $18 billion. Yeah, yeah, that's what we did. We lost. We lost money. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. show welcome to it how are you welcome to the broadcast it's good to see you under the heading for your safety the national parks are going to start using gps to track humans in the park that is so special now we're not going to do it to we're just going to do it to volunteers at some of the parks, we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna try to chip everybody that comes into the park yet. But right now, we're just doing it to the volunteers, just so that we can we know where they're at, and it was gonna help us. It'll help us. It'll help us track where they go. We can use the data to make better decisions on park upgrades and where to put trails, restrooms, parking areas. It's all for the good of mankind. So when you come in the park, don't worry. Look, if you've already got a chip, all we need is just to, you just need to scan it so that we have your ID. We know you're in the park. If you don't have the chip yet, we can you can pull over to that little store over there and we'll chip you real quick and it'll be real easy and then we'll upload it to the, to the database. Or you can just wear this bracelet, but the bracelet can't come off. If we find the bracelet hasn't moved in nine hours, say like if you go to sleep and you sleep more than you know the nine hours, then we're going to come and rescue you. So if it doesn't move in nine hours, we're looking for you. So it's all for your safety, okay? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, okay, I've got a couple of stories that I want to talk about, but first, this one kind of ticked me off. All right, <laughs> it's, it's just Twitter. It's a stupid Twitter story. But I love Twitter, all right? So it's at Jeffy MRA. Jeffy, J-E-F-F-Y, M-R-A, Mercury Radio Arts. That's the name of all the things that are you know, that are Glenn Beck, Mercury Radio Arts, everything. You know, it's all big, happy family. Okay. Well, when I knew, and it used to be Fisher Files. I was Fisher Files forever. It was after I was doing a show in Tampa called Fisher Files, and I just, when I started on Twitter, that's what I started it, so I changed but I, I Knew I was going to be verified from Twitter. That's the little blue check, and that means that it's your account. So that things, people know that things you, that are tweeting from your account are from you. Okay? And that's what the little blue check is for, verif- verification. And it helps them track people, and they know that if they know that uh, if 
possible tweets could be hacked because they realize what gets tweeted from certain people. Anyway, so I knew it was going to be I knew I was going to be verified, and so I wanted to change the name on my Twitter account from to Jeffy J E F F Y at Jeffy. Simple enough. Well, there was already someone who had at J E F F Y at Jeffy, and I was I was oh crap. So I I look it up, and he's got I don't know how many followers. And he hadn't hasn't tweeted much, very little. So I message, you know, I mean, I I send him tweets, I tag him, I do all kinds of stuff, and I say, uh, "Hello, uh, this is who I am." Uh, you know, call me, email me, get a hold of me. You know, maybe we can work something out. I'd like to have that Twitter handle, and so yeah, I got nothing from him, and so that's when I I just went with Jeffy MRA, okay, which I'm happy with, fine. But I got, so yesterday, I'm like, you know, I wonder, I wonder if, uh, if that's available. I wonder if he's still tweeting. I wonder, you know, what's, what's happening with that. If that's a dead account, if he hasn't tweeted anything in a long time, maybe I could try to, you know, figure something out. So I go to at Jeffy on Twitter. He has me blocked. I can't see anything he says. He's got, he blocked me. Okay. So if you're on Twitter. Tweet at J-E-F-F-Y. And I don't care what you tell him. Be nice. But just I just want him to be hammered with tweets because he pissed me off now. He blocked me. All I wanted was Jeff. I just said, no, I'm okay. I've, I've been turned down before. Trust me. It's okay. I've been told no before in my life. It's, it's okay. I don't like it, but I mean, I, I can handle it. It's okay. I'm a big boy. You can quote me on that, too, by the way. So, at Jeffy, seriously, you block me? Okay. Dude, I just wanted the handle. That's all I wanted. I just wanted the handle. That's it. I got nothing against you. You're driving me crazy. <laughs> so, I see this story. Aaron sends me this story. Aaron Hernandez in New York, who co-hosts... Uh, Talking Walking Dead with me when Walking Dead is on, which seems like it's never coming back on, by the way. Um, yes, I know it's August. Thank you. Let me quote. Oh, never mind. I don't want to talk to you about it because I want it back now. Can't take it. I've blown through all these shows that are driving me insane. I want Walking Dead back. And I might just, by the time it comes back on, I might have to not. I mean, we're, I'm going to have to watch it every week, but I don't want to. I want to have them all there. So I can sit down on a Saturday and watch them all. Just watch them all. Just blow through them. I want to binge. I want to binge on the whole season. Not going to be able to do that. I know. But that's what I want to do. See, I've been told no before. It's okay. So he sends me this story. Most of us tend to go for a bowl of cereal, maybe some eggs in the morning. We're off to work. We go. Now... Some circles, including a popular Reddit forum, advocate the use of LSD in tiny doses, known as microdosing. Uh-huh. I've been microdosing. I know what microdosing leads to. Microdosing turns out to be a totally different world. As someone said, the rocks don't glow even a little bit. 
Right. But many people are reporting at the end of the day, they say, wow, that was a really good day. You know, that kind of day when things kind of work, you're doing your task, you normally couldn't stand for two hours, but you do it for three or four hours like the good little sheep in the factory. You eat right, maybe you do a set of wraps. It's a good day. It seems to be what we're discovering. Oh, good. Now, the doc... Uh, Penned the Psychedelic Explorer's Guide, which examines the primary uses for psychedelics, such as spiritual enlightenment. Now, you need to do high doses. If you want spiritual enlightenment, you're not getting that with microdosing, okay? And improvements in creativity. Uh Uh-huh. And then he talked about also about microdosing and even the potential for athletes using LSD. Uh Uh-huh. Microdosing. I think I am in love with that term, microdosing. That's what I need to start doing with many, many things is microdosing. However, many, many things get started microdosing, and then micro goes away, and it just becomes dosing. So I used to know this friend, which why this story fascinated me, because good luck, God bless. You want to drop acid, go ahead. And nobody, I don't even know who's making it, what do we have... It's legal in Bluebell County. I don't know where they where they make who makes LSD anymore. I haven't seen the little Mickey Mouse squares in a long time. Oh, you know what? Oh my gosh, the blue, the Popeye ones were pretty good, but the blue dough, oh, those hits were great. Anyway, I used to know. a friend of mine, and I do mean a friend of mine, it wasn't me this time, used to get up, used to drop that stupid LSD all the time. And, I mean, I am not advocating it in the least, in any way, shape, or form. No way. And this whole microdosing thing, I think, is a, a giant joke way to just drop LSD every day and make everybody into more little sheep so they can work. It was That was a good day. I did. I slammed these little buttons on a shirt for 12 hours today, but it was still a good day. Can I have another hit of acid? So, I mean, I'm not advocating it at all. But he used to get up uh, when we were in school, and he would get up a couple hours, a couple hours before he had to get up and, and you know, have breakfast and get ready for school. And he would drop his hit of acid. And then he'd go back to bed. So then when he woke up, he was already feeling the effects of the LSD. So, you know, you just have your breakfast and off through your day you go. And maybe this doctor's onto something. Wait a minute. Now, nah, because he actually got kicked out of the Marines. So, I'm not sure that that micro or massive dosing works well. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show. So speaking of uh, 
dropping acid all, every day. Uh, the uh, Shamika Charles, who you well know already holds the world record for the lowest limbo at 8.5 inches. Uh, last week, and I'm sure I'm giving you old news because who doesn't follow the limbo championships? Uh, last week, she added another accomplishment. Yes, she became the first person to limbo her way under an SUV. Clearance is about nine inches. So she made that easy, but parts of the gap are lower. But she already made 8.5. So the SUV is just like, that's like sawing wood for her. The 22-year-old practices six hours a day. You practice limbo six hours a day. Is she making any money? Shamika Charles? You're practicing six hours a day on limbo? She's a chiropractor every week. Oh, and stays in shape. Oh, really? No, she's let herself go. She can only and see like I, I can't get any, under anything about six feet. Anything lower than that, I'm not doing that. I used to be able to when I saw a chiropractor and was in shape, but I'm not gonna limbo under six feet easy. Uh, well, I mean not easy, but I mean I can get to it. I can, that's a success for me. Now, if you put me, you know, under a jacked up car that says jack, that says jacked up, you know. Five feet, 10 inches, you know, send some parts lower. Yeah, I might, it, you know, if I stretched out, worked out, I probably could get at it. But uh, I don't know that I could, I don't know that I could make it. So, Heinz Ketchup, I've been a fan forever. Okay. I don't care. I don't care if you think it's un American. I don't care if you don't like, Warren Buffett owning the company. I don't care if you didn't want Melissa Hines Carey owning the company. I don't care. Hines Ketchup is the best in the world. Period. The rest try to catch up to Hines. It's that simple. But this never happens to me. And I always never travel without Hines Ketchup. I always have a bottle in the pantry. Always. You need to be, you need to think ahead. I mean, it's better chilled, but if you run out of the chilled one, you don't want to be out. Whew, that could be the end of times. Heinz this week apologized to a German man who was directed to a hardcore porn site after scanning the QR code on the ketchup bottle. What? What the heck? They sent him to a porn site? That never happens to me. So anyway, he got a hold of Heinz and they apologized and you know, uh, we regret it, and we're happy to take your suggestions on how we can implement future campaigns on the board. So what happened was they had a big campaign for a couple of years and uh, on the site, the QR code. And then the campaign was over, and the company let the domain go away. They didn't, they didn't keep it up. So the, hard, the porn site bought the domain. But this guy types in, you know, two years later, a year and a half later, a Heinz ketchup bottle on the shelf, which means Heinz is still good for a number of years. Very good. Uh, and he goes to the porn site. Do I get to, Do I look at a Heinz ketchup bottle and type in a code and go to a porn site? No. I tell you, I will let you know, I promise you, when that happens. Speaking of porn... The men's website, Pro Bible. You're familiar with 
pro-Bible? Well, I mean, who is it, right? They decided to send a Freedom of Information Act request to the CIA to see what the world's most wanted man watched and did in his spare time. We're all, all, we're, we are all adults. We can handle it, said the man from Pro, from Bro Bible. Because not long after Osama bin Laden was killed by SEAL Team 6, rumors began to circulate about the leader of Al-Qaeda having an extensive video stash of pornography. Huh? Come on. Now, it said here, we at the men's general interest publication, BroBible.com, and of course they throw in one of the nation's largest websites for men, would like to know what pornographic materials Osama bin Laden had in his possession at the time of his death. Now, the CIA, you think they gave it up? Uh, no. With regard uh, to the pornographic material Osama bin Laden had in his possession at the time of his death, responsive records, should they exist, would be contained in the operational files. Uh, no. We can't. Um, we can't do that because, uh, look, the response, uh, the federal law prohibiting the government from mailing obscene matter, if it existed, would go into effect and we couldn't send it to you. So, we still don't know if there were any pornographic videos or magazines at the Osama bin Laden compound. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Here on the Blaze Radio Network, of course, uh, programming for you to enjoy on the entire Saturday, the entire Father's Day weekend, and beyond. Pure Opelka, immediately following this broadcast, Andrew WK with America WK, Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, Joe Pags, all today and all on demand at the Blaze Radio Network. It's a beautiful thing. You're welcome. Now, there's Sundays and Mondays and uh, weekday shows and Sunday shows. And we've got it all for you. Just go to the website, download stuff. And plus, there's stuff that doesn't even air on the network. But you can download it and listen to it whenever you want. Huh? Technology is a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. And if you're listening to uh, Piero Pelka live, you know, he always has some kind of gift that he gives away. I'm not sure what he's giving away today. Uh, could be the... I don't know what Mike could be giving away today. I really don't. It could be the Mike Opelka spotlight. There's a little, maybe a little thing you tape on your flashlight so you shine it on the wall. And oh my gosh, there's Pure Opelka. Boy, what a prize that would be, huh? <laughs> I know I would like it. All right, two murderers meticulously planned their New York State prison break. You know, they broke out on 
the 6th of June. You know what today is? Today, the day of this recording, this broadcast, it's the 20th of June, 2015. They still don't know where these guys are. I love it. I don't. I mean, these are, they're bad guys. But they used to sneak out of their cells at night and rehearse their escape plans. Richard, Matt, David Sweat planned to drive seven hours in the night to a predetermined location with a woman who allegedly helped them, uh, Joyce Mitchell, who worked at the prison. She allegedly provided them with the tools to cut through prison walls, and then she got cold feet. She planned to run off with the men after picking them up last week near a manhole where they'd emerge from a network of tunnels. They were going to meet me down by the power plant drive. I'm not going to say into the sunset because it was after midnight and it was dark out, but they were going to drive potentially to an area that was about seven hours away. But she backed out. Oh, darn. She told authorities that Matt and Sweat picked the destination. She did not say where the trio planned to head. I don't think she knew uh, once they broke out of Clinton Correctional Facility. She did indicate one of the reasons why she didn't show up was because she did love her husband. And doggone it, she didn't want to do this to him. She apparently felt bad enough that she was just having sex with them in the prison. Got a movie written all over it. Now, you got more than 800 local and federal law enforcement officers. I mean, you've got, you, you looked at some of those photos. I mean, everybody is there, right? You got the local police, you got the state police, you got the Homeland Security, FBI. I doubt the CIA was there, although they could have been. Uh, the prison, federal authorities, police, unbelievable. Uh, they were searching for the two guys. Now, they did like, they did mention my favorite little thing that I like. They had a little sticky note with the words, have a nice day at the end of their breakout tunnel. But there's reports, and we don't know this because they were, the police in the prison were probably pissed. But they reported that they were more sticky notes along the way. <laughs> there's this whole breakout scene as you're following with the way they went. There's little post it notes. And I'm sure those notes were really nice. <laughs> you can count on that. Now, they don't know where they're at. They could be anywhere. The dogs have picked up a scent a week ago or so that they thought could have been them by some dumpster behind a gas station. Uh-huh. And the New York governor, I mean, Cuomo, who had to show up there, who they say really hindered the first day of searching because he showed up and had to get everybody out of the room and wanted to see everything and wanted to go through everything instead of letting them go about their business. Did you hear that, governor? Instead of letting your people go about their business and getting that first day underway. But anyway, that's just you because you're the greatest, I know. You're the governor of New York that might be running for president. Good luck with that. Um he, we don't know where they're at. They could be anywhere. Ah, they could be anywhere. We don't know. They don't know where they're at. Those guys are gone. So, man, that is fascinating. I cannot. I mean, it's going to be weird. They're going to show up, and I don't know. If they don't turn themselves in, they'll probably get shot up. Or they may just be in some hotel room in Guadalajara, 
get arrested. I don't know, but it's fascinating, and it'll be a really it'll be a a really good a really good story and a good movie. I, I'm looking forward to it. So anyway, eight 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 nine zero zero thirty three ninety three. Is the phone number 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Now, another story that's sad is the story out of South Carolina. Sad and yet uplifting at the same time, right? I mean, really. Um, Charleston, South Carolina. He's under arrest. He's in prison. He's in jail, I should say. He's not in prison. Um, I know Glenn. You know him, that Glenn Beck guy. He uh, was in Charleston for the meeting in the park and the prayer walk in front of the church, and it was powerful. You see the photos. You can go to his Facebook page, uh, the Glenn Beck Facebook page, and see the pictures and the stories. You can just go to the Blaze and check them all out. But... The exact opposite is happening in Charleston that was the intended consequences of this kid's shooting. I don't even like saying this stupid name. But it has nothing to do with guns. It has nothing to do with anything but being evil. That's all. Nine counts of murder. Goes into the church. Prayer meeting. He's there for a while, then decides he's going to shoot him up. With that intention all along. Just wanted to be a part of it. And they welcomed him in. Welcomed him in. And he still didn't see anything, didn't get one thing out of that. And yet he wanted to start a race war. And what he got was a gathering. A gathering of community, local, state, national, world, a community coming together with their faith and their prayers. And hopefully leading the way for what we should be doing when these horrific events happen. And not just, let's burn down the city. We shouldn't be burning down the city. We should be praying together and making it stronger. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff 
Are you happy? And you can wait for the audio until after the bottom of the hour. Just get it in after them. Happy cities. How happy are you? In your city, are you happy? Well, they've now decided that culture is something that's hard to scientifically measure. You know that. But it is very real and significant. Now, if you're looking for a single underlying factor outside of easy on the eyes or year-round outdoor weather, you probably would point to culture of well-being. Research director for the Gallup Healthways Well-Being Index. But according to him, these are the top 10 well-being happiest cities in America. Coming in at number 10, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Number nine, Washington, Arlington, Alexandria, all around Washington, D.C.? I don't think so. San Jose, Sunnyvale, Santa Clara, California. Provo, Orium, Utah. It's awful pretty there. Austin, Round Rock, Texas. El Paso, Texas. Oxnard, Thousand Oaks, Ventura. Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh, well, Raleigh and uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Raleigh's all the way up number three, but Winston-Salem, North Carolina's a whole metroplex there. Number two, Honolulu, Hawaii. As beautiful as Honolulu is, I find it hard to... Anyway, it might be a good beauty of well-being, but it isn't beauty of well-being financially. Northport... Sarasota, Bradenton, Florida, coming in at number one. Yay! All these cities had something in common. They exercised more often, were much less likely to be obese, had fewer health problems, and felt safe where they lived. They were more likely to live within their means and manage their money effectively. They consistently told researchers they learned new and interesting things. Through work or in other ways. Maybe microdosing. Every day, an important psychological need. (laughs) The one reason college towns or cities that have heavy academic presence tend to score high in well-being, well, that's why. Okay. Because you need that important psychological need every single day. So if those are the top ten, and actually Northport, Sarasota, Brainton, as gorgeous, I lived north of there uh, in Tampa Bay for a long time. That whole neck of the woods, the uh, sun-drenched west coast of Florida, beautiful. And coined from uh, the guru Glenn Beck, it's the west coast of the east coast of, of North America. Wish it was my line, but it was his. The last bottom ten of well-being communities. Ugh. Places you don't want to be. What I love the most about this list is one, two, three, four, five. Five of the bottom ten. In the state of Ohio. That's pretty amazing. Because Ohio's not, I mean, I make fun of Ohio all the time, but it's not that bad. It's okay. (laughs) But in today's world, and you'll find out. Where the, what the issue is here in a moment. But you look at Cincinnati, Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, Detroit, Warren, Dearborn, um, 
Columbus, Ohio, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, Hazleton, Pennsylvania, Deltona, Daytona Beach, Ormond Beach, Florida, Indianapolis, Dayton, Ohio, Knoxville, Tennessee, Toledo, Ohio, Youngstown, Warren Boardman, Ohio. I mean, that. those are some places that you don't really want to be. And plus, um, there's a lot of work to be done from a well-being perspective inside of Ohio. That's according to the Gallup Healthways Index. I like that line. According to the Gallup Healthways Index of well-being among states, um, Ohio ranked 46th in the well-being ranking. 46. Not the bottom, but five of the you know bottom 10 were in Ohio. Uh, look, there's a lot of work to be done from a well-being perspective inside of Ohio. <laughs> I think that's my new line for Ohio. I like that. Now listen, overall, residents of cities that ranked low in well-being were 68% more likely to smoke than their happier counterparts, 55% less likely to enjoy what they do each day, and less had access to food and health care. What? There's less food and health care in Ohio? Another big dis. This is a huge difference. Uh, huge difference in the in the ranking. Uh, teeth. Turns out residents of the not so content cities were much less likely to have visited a dentist in the last twelve months. Good oral health makes a difference in well being, and that's not something people would normally think about. Uh, they gallop. Healthways index claimed people in high well-being cities take good care of their teeth. So brush good, brush, brush, brush. And remember, if you live in Ohio, I'm sorry. I, you know, I told you I make fun of Ohio all the time. I was born in Michigan. I have to. It's a, it's a law. If you're born in Michigan, you make fun of Ohio. You don't like Ohio. But it's okay. Ohio's all right. But listen, as stated in the Gallup Healthways Index of Well-Being of States, uh, there's a lot of work to be done from a well-being perspective inside of Ohio. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Fisher Show is on. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. So glad you're along for the ride today. Michael Pelka, Puro Pelka, coming up right after this broadcast. Andrew WK with America WK, Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, and Joe Peggs. Round out your Saturday. And then, of course, you've got David Barton, Bill Handel, Jackie. Jackie D. I mean, look, why do you need to listen to something else? And you say... But, Jeff, I wouldn't know. There's, you don't need to. You don't. Uh, Theblaze.com slash radio. You, there's no need for you to go anywhere else. You download stuff that's not on the network, and you can download everything that's on the network. Take it with you where you go. 
Listen to it all the time. There's no need for you to listen to anything else. Get that through your family's head. Okay? Then weekdays, uh, you can take us with you whenever you want, but it's more importantly just to join us live. Doc and Skip in the morning. Glenn. You know who I'm talking about. Glenn Beck, that guy. Uh, Buck Sexton. Jay Severin. Pat and Stu. I mean, (laughs) those are pretty good Monday through Friday days. Even if you uh, are micro-dosing or not, okay? Pretty good days. Now, you can go to theblaze.com right now and check out all the stories under the Charleston shooting. Amazing stories. Uh, MSNBC anchor breaks down as Glenn walks by. Uh, they, we've got Dana Lash you know, debating on guns, of course, because of the shooting. We've got we've to ban guns because somebody shot people. Terrific thing, a gun was used to murder people, and now we've got to ban guns. And, of course, you know, our president wants to, look, it's common sense. Is it Barack? Is it Mr. President? Is it common sense? So, whatever. And remember to look up Never Again Is Now, so you can join us in Birmingham, Alabama, on 828. And then there's also one of my favorite signs that the headline, I, the blaze headline drives me crazy. Church sign about Satan had one woman so shocked she had to do a U-turn to do a double take. It was, was okay. Okay, really? Was she so, so shocked? I was so shocked at that McDonald's sign last night too, but I wasn't shocked enough to do a U-turn. But the sign actually is pretty nice. Uh, remember, and even if it's not real, it's still pretty good. Remember, Satan was the first to demand equal rights. <gasps> I would have been shocked and done a U-turn, too. That's for sure. In Florida, Sheriff Grady Judd, Polk County Sheriff. I, I really like Grady Judd. I've dealt with him in the past. Uh, he's a good man. And uh, he has now been accused of violating the Constitution. <laughs> right. Sheriff Grady Judd makes about 20 public appearances a year at various churches throughout Polk County. But the group Freedom from Religion Foundation took issue with one particular sermon he preached on April 19th at the First Baptist Church at the Mall in Lakeland. I've titled my sermon, Wouldn't It Be Better If Everyone Behaved Like a Christian, Judd said. At the beginning of his, but the Freedom from Religion Foundation said it received about five complaints about the sermon. Did you? Five complaints from five separate people or just one person writing five times? And was it someone from Freedom from Religion Foundation or someone, or just one person? I'd like to know that. Their Freedom from Religion Foundation. FFRF people. Anyway, they said it received five complaints about the sermon and concerned that Judd was using his badge, title, and uniform to send a personal message. (gasps) No! A sheriff sending a personal message! It's inappropriate because he's using a government office to promote his personal religion. Um, He goes to different churches. It's not his personal religion. He just speaks at the churches. That's what he does. He doesn't 
of his personal religion. Just, he speaks at different churches, different churches. The letter informed the sheriff that he violated the First Amendment and is also calling on him to preach for now, from now on, as Mr. Judd instead of Sheriff Judd. Now, I, knowing Grady Judd, I could just stop the story right there and tell you that he's going to tell them to get bent. But let's go on with the story. He brushed off criticism. When people call the sheriff's office and ask me to come and speak, I'm going to come and speak, and I'm going to wear my uniform. I guarantee it. That's Sheriff Grady Judd. Uh, Anytime he makes a public speech, whether it's at a church or other venue, he's usually in full uniform, spreading the brand of the sheriff's office. You are the sheriff 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Whether I'm in this uniform, a coat, and a tie, or my underwear. I'm still the sheriff. Now, the Freedom From Religion Foundation people feeling freakos responds, the FFRF responds, that the group said it may consider suing Judd. Good luck. We filed roughly 70 lawsuits on issues dealing with the separation of church and state, and we've won more than it's more than we've lost. We do take these issues very seriously. It's a violation of the Constitution, and he's sworn to it. Is it a violation of the Constitution? Is it? Well, Sheriff Grady Judd. I mean, I'm 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 actually beginning to love him, not just like him and appreciate him as a man. I'm beginning to love him. And if you remember, way back, and I don't even remember when it was, so so long ago, I don't even remember when it was, but there was a, a prisoner on the run, and in Polk County, in the, that's, and Polk County is just outside of Tampa Bay, I mean, it's Lakeland, Orlando, you're in, you're heading into Orlando, I mean, it's a pretty big county, and a lot of things happen in Polk County, trust me. Okay, but he was—they uh, had captured one suspect, but this guy had killed a police officer. And in the press conference, well, I think—do you, do you have the audio, Aaron, of the press conference? Because there's about a minute and a half of the press conference with Grady Judd that's tremendous. So at the end of the day. So at the end of the day. Everyone's safe. Please continue your normal life and know that the men and women in law enforcement will put their life at risk to keep you safe. And that's what happened. They killed two innocent women last night in their homes. They tried to kill a lot of law enforcement officers last night and were unsuccessful. And we took them all in custody. Okay? Sheriff, One more question, Sheriff, if I could. Um, I think everybody understands the gravity of what happened and the urgency of, and the response that you took. Some of the comments that you made last night about uh, shooting uh, the suspects, possibly, and the some comments today about the uh, ready for a gunfight. Was that in the heat of the moment? Do you have any regret about that in light of what No, no, I don't know. I, I not only have no regret, I'm pretty excited about telling you that's exactly what would have happened. And make no mistake about it, there's nothing about politically correct in a gunfight. There's nothing about politically correct when you're keeping people alive and well and safe. And the people of this community and these law enforcement officers come first. I meant every word of it then, and I mean every word of it now. If you surrender peacefully... 
That's the way we prefer it. You start pointing guns at us, you can not only plan on, but you can guarantee we're going to shoot you. Think about it. Now, I wish I had the audio for there's another press conference and he's on the air. Uh, this was a different case. This was this was a different case because the case that I was that I told you about with the officers, um, a uh, Polk County deputy sheriff had pulled over a person and was executed. Uh, the deputy was shot eight times, okay, at close range, and another deputy was wounded, and a police dog was killed. Okay, now the statewide manhunt was going on, and. <laughs> uh, so they found him hiding uh, in some wooded area along the trees and they shot him 68 times I mean they unloaded on this guy and they they said uh, you know one of the first reports was that you know he kept moving I think those were the bullets. But, it, you know, they shot him 68 times. Now, when the reporters asked Sheriff Grady Judd, Sheriff, uh, why did they shoot the guy 68 times? And Sheriff Judd looked straight at him. This is how much I do. I think I love the guy now. Uh, that's all the bullets they had. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. How in the world are you? Good to see you. Thank you for coming along for the ride. Appreciate it. You know, so I was reading a story about the airline. The boy lost his little stuffed tiger, Hobbs, and left it at the airport so the the airport personnel find the tiger and took him up for a tour around the airport property. And they had a photo book made to show Hobbs' adventures around the airport. And it was on Tampa International Airport's Facebook post. But Owen and Hobbs and another 19,000 saw the airport's tweet about the story. TampaAirport.com recorded 64,000 page views. And it was just so cute. And they got the boys' little stuffed animal back. Um, I, uh... I left a a bag with a T-shirt and a stuffed animal uh, on an airplane uh, in uh, Dallas, Fort Worth Airport. Uh, if anyone has seen that bag with the stuffed animal and the T-shirt in it, uh, perhaps it's on someone's Facebook page. Perhaps someone was cute with it. They could return it to me. Uh, that would be great. The T-shirt uh, is a little peep on it, okay? And the stuffed, well, it's not really an animal. It's a stuffed peep was in the bag. I'd like that back, please. 
I thought it was really cute that you took care of some little kid in Tampa. But you didn't take care of the old man in Dallas-Fort Worth, did you? No. You just took care of the little kid in Tampa. All right. Fine. Fine. Everybody wants to help you know, people that are wonderful. I guess, guess that's the truth. Now, did you ever think, you know, we had all the Rachel Dolezal stuff. We started last week with that. And my gosh, that went on all this, all this week. I mean, the horrific shooting in South Carolina took that, took her fame away very fast. Uh, but Rachel Dolezal is still out there, make no mistake. And she, all she needs, I mean, they tried. They tried to make her her fight viable. They gave us another guy in California that claimed to be black and still does back in the 70s. And we started talking about old movies that people who said they were born black but were white. Uh, you know, they're trying to make it right. And they're trying to make sure that her work was you know, the work still was hailed as really good, but, you know, she shouldn't have lied about that. She claims she's not lying. She identifies as being black. And you can't prove that her parents are white. It doesn't matter. Well, you get one or two more people to say the same thing. Just one, one or two more. It's going to be a viable thing. It's your race will be who you identify with. So Dana Dustbiber, who teaches English in Sacramento, says she avoids Hamlet and all the rest because her minority students shouldn't be expected to study a long dead British guy. And while Shakespeare is widely regarded as the premier writer of English language, able to timelessly portray themes central to the human experience, She says he only is regarded that way because some white people ordained it and is easily to be replaced. Why not teach the oral tradition out of Africa, which includes an equally relevant commentary on human behavior? Why not teach translations of early writings or oral storytelling from Latin America or Southwest Asia or other parts of the world? Many, many of our students come here from these languages and traditions. Really. You know, she doesn't do that with the white people. The white kids should do that as uh, expanding their thoughts. But the black kids should do it because they hate white people. Just another white hater. So we know that she identifies with being black while she doesn't quite say it. One more. One more and you're going to have people just, their races, your race is going to be who you identify with, not what you are. It's a beautiful thing. Anybody tell you you look good today? No? Well, you do. Oh, Gawney, you look great. I mean that. Except, I mean, you're not going to wear that all day, are you? Really? Ooh. Okay, okay, okay. Looks good on you. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.